Welcome to the Bike Portland podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Maas. In this episode, we will hear from the leader of a local bike bus. Yes, a bike bus, you've probably heard of them. Usually it's really good news. This is a bunch of kids getting together and riding to school together, just like the old days, right? Um, but unfortunately, what we learn about in this episode is an incident that happened last week where Rob was leading the Glencoe Elementary School bike bus and someone in a car decided to be impatient and basically ended up harassing Rob right when all the kids were just sitting right there waiting to ride to school. So could have been a bad situation, but as you'll hear in our conversation, Rob's training and his just generally good, calm, cool, and collected composure allowed him to get out of it with not much of an incident at all. What you'll hear in this conversation is what it's like to lead a bike bus in Portland, uh, how Rob managed this potentially bad situation. Uh, and I think just in general, the way he approaches his leadership of the bike bus is something that everybody can gain something from. I'll get right to it. Here's my conversation with Rob Galanakis, the leader of the Glencoe Elementary bike bus. First kind of set the table for your involvement on, in the bike bus. What is the name of the actual bike bus that you are a captain of? The Glencoe bike bus, Southeast Portland. How about how many kids are on it this time of year? Oh, this time of year, the North route is really strong. We have a lot of parents on cargo bikes. So we're normally like 10 to 15. Cool. But it's gotten up to like over 50 in some cases. And then how long has it been going on? We've been doing this since Earth Day 2023. So it's good to hear that it's actually survived through winter. That's really nice. The, uh, counter to what people might hear on the internet about all the bike riders simply going away when it gets cold or wet. But something happened that wasn't super great just this week, right? Can you kind of set the scene for like what you experienced Wednesday, where it happened and what happened? Yeah, so one of the routes is starts at uh, 61st in Belmont. If you're not familiar with this area, there are no greenways around. Basically, you have the 53rd greenway, which is great. And then you don't have any other north-south greenways until you get all the way to the east side of Tabor. So in order to get from sort of the Belmont area, we take 61st from Belmont up to the Davis, the greenway on Davis. So we have to do a crossing of Stark and Burnside. Mm. But 61st is like super narrow neighborhood road there's really no one on it because it's right next to 60th which is a major throughway unfortunately the people you do find on it are there to try to beat the uh, congestion that is often on 60th because of all the drivers uh, so we were just doing our normal route there were six eight ten people kids ride half kids riding independently half parents and i was riding in the front because we were sort of approaching Burnside, so I normally have to walk out in the middle of Burnside and wave the westbound traffic down and make sure they stop. And I, I heard the honking in the back, and I was like, is that is that someone honking at the bike? I've dealt with all sorts of people riding the bike, even on the bike bus. Sometimes people get testy, but never honking from behind. That was new. So I dropped back, and fortunately, my wife was able to attend on Wednesday and and I was like, so is he honking at us? It's like, yeah. So I, I got behind her and I, I slowed down and, and stopped and forced to stop. And I've courted a lot and de-escalated. And he was like, oh, can I, can I just get by? I'm like, dude, this, you can't get by. There's no room. It's actually a 25 foot street with car storage on either side. There's just, wow. 
No, you could not have fit by. It's physically impossible for you to have done that. And he was just getting super aggravated. I'm I'm a special ed teacher. I'm I'm late for work. And like, dude, I'm not going anywhere. It's going to be a lot faster. We were right, right past Ankeny. I was like, you can just turn over there and take 62nd and not worry about it. Like, I'm not, I'm not moving anywhere though. And he actually got out of his car. It's the first time this has happened to me. He got out of his car cursing. I can't remember. I grabbed my bike and a big cargo bike. He's, he's t- we're tugging out, tug of war, and, and sort of let him get in. Throws it down and tries to rush back into his car. And like, like I just pick my bike up and walk back into the into the road and and get in front of him. And probably another twenty seconds of that, and he's like, "Well, they're they're gone. Can I just get past?" I'm like, "All right." So I, they weren't gone yet. They were at Burnside. So I, I rode in front because they can't cross Burnside without help. So they were sort of stuck at Burnside. And then uh, he realizes there's nowhere he can go. So he tries to cut through this parking lot. Parking lot has no outlet. So eventually I see him come out and he like yells some obscenities. I don't want to repeat for anyone uh, to me and the right in front of the kids. And I was like, this guy should not be, uh, you know, a, a teacher, a special ed teacher. Like it was pretty upsetting. Tried to get a license plate mess that one up but i was just really impressed with how the kids and parents behaved they weren't flustered no one walked away traumatized it wasn't new for me it was a, it was new for someone to get out of their car and confront me but i just couldn't believe it normally the sort of margin of drivers who get aggravated is a lot lower on the bike bus but i guess that hundredth of a Tenth of a percent of drivers who are just going to be super aggro are going to be super aggro, even if they're third graders around. Yeah. I mean, so much for New Year's resolutions of being nice to people. I mean, this guy's didn't last very long. Like you said, when you said that the kids and, and the other parents dealt with it pretty well, it makes me think that people are just used to this. Like, they, it's almost like they expect drivers to be this bad or something. Like, I almost wish they were shocked at what this guy did. Right. And we're like, what on what on what on earth is he doing? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Like they're just desensitized to this kind of thing to some degree. I a lot of it was that so right before the holidays, actually on, on Christmas Eve, I was biking with my family to go to a Christmas party and we had someone it, it was just a bizarre, crazy experience. We were on the Taylor Greenway headed west to where the new uh diverter is, and someone's just like really on our tail, honked and like Merry Christmas. I wave and smile when people hunt from behind. And then he just, boom, laid into his horn. He basically, he went around us, went to the oncoming lane to, to turn across us and tried to sideswipe, hit us with the side of his car. Wow. Uh, with my kids on the back. It, it was crazy. So my wife was sort of traumatized from that. <laughs> and to, she actually walked away from this feeling better. Like it helped her get over some of the, the trauma she was feeling. And I tell that story because I, I, I didn't get the sense that it's, she got over the trauma because like, oh, more, more bullshit. She got over it because she, she felt more in control. And we practice a lot on our bike bus. And when I bike with these kids and like bike safety training and stuff like that, and, and bike just socially, a lot of these are neighborhood kids. 
like cars, cars are behind us and don't, don't worry about them. Right. Like they can, they can go elsewhere. We're just focused on riding, riding, riding predictable, but don't worry about people back there. Mm. Uh, and I've had a conversation with a lot of these folks on the bike bus and my wife was the, the one in the back of the bus as well. And she like, she totally kept her cool and everyone on the bike bus kept her cool. And I think it was a lot of the calmness was this keeping this practice going. And mm. we've had some discussions recently about bike bus, not etiquette, but, you know, safety strategies on where to ride in the road and stuff. Yeah. And for me, this was a, a victory for taking the space that we deserve instead mm. of something like a laser line or, or trying to ride all the way to the right or something like that. Right. Because it's different when you're by yourself or even with your wife and your kids versus being the leader of these kids that aren't yours. Being the captain puts you in a whole different you know, place. And I just wonder like, what went through your mind when you were having that argument with this person or having that interaction? Did you, what, what, were, the, what were you feeling in that moment as, as the leader of, of these kids? I've done a decent amount of corking and really my, my mind just went there. I, the kids were, were gone. Like, okay, I'm here, my bike's in front and I'm not worried about, it wasn't an argument. It was him yelling and me trying to de-escalate and trying to listen to what he's saying. Yeah. It's really, I'm just focused on that. And I know if I'm not going anywhere, everyone's safe. Right. And if someone's going to be hurt, it's going to be me. That's why you put yourself in that position. I don't think it's instinct. I think a lot of it's training and practice. And I, I was really thankful for all the times I've done corking and I've, I've talked to other parents. It's a familiar term now for, for people on the bike bus. Uh, and I felt everyone understood what I was doing. So no one was curious to go back and look or, or it was just like, cool. He's handling it. So I, I, Tried to don't argue, don't get emotional, don't don't worry about the like how absurd this whole discussion. Is. I just cannot get over how absurd this whole situation is. Yeah, but you're not thinking about that. It's just like this is the job I'm doing at the moment, and everything else is can't worry about it. And you feel like to some degree it was maybe like a teachable moment for the kids. I mean, luckily everybody was fine and you'd, you'd prepared for it. So it wasn't completely uh, extraordinary for the kids necessarily. And maybe this is something that can actually help the bike bus get stronger because you've sort of been through this and you can be like, tell the kids like, Hey, this stuff I'm telling you to get ready for is not some concept. It's not like out there in the, in the ether. This is a real thing. So I struggle with this a lot. In mm. fact, I haven't even told many people about this outside of like people who, who know to expect this because it's such a downer. I don't want, I don't want the kids to think about this. Mm. I don't want them to reflect about it. I don't want them to know it. I do want them to understand what safe riding means. And at least these kids are at an age where if mom or your daddy or an adult tells you, here's how you ride, that's how they're going to ride. I don't need to remind them or like help them see i talk with my kids about absolutely everything i actually don't think i talked about this because it's not okay i actually don't i, I don't want to use this as a teachable moment because i want to teach them to love being outside and being active and being a good citizen and 
this is just teaching them to be afraid. Mm. And I don't want to teach them to be afraid. And I do believe as long as they are smart and prepared, then they don't need to be afraid. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. You seem like the kind of person that was like kind of prepared for the moment and for folks that maybe aren't, or you can forget maybe trying to teach the kids about this, but maybe just teaching other bike riders, maybe other people that might be doing bike bus related stuff, or even just leading any kind of group ride. Can you help us know sort of what were some of the things that you told this person? Do you remember some of the actual words you used to try to de-escalate? Yeah, sort of have a playbook, which is like, I understand you're in a rush. Uh, I understand you want to get by. There's just not, not room to get by. Totally understand you're making sure you hear them and you're not trying to argue or come up with points about someone earlier today put it really well, which was like, time is your friend. All you're, you're trying to buy time because Mm. they're trying to cut through because they're trying to save time. So once they see, I'm either going to have to run this guy over or I'm going to, or I'm just going to have to go around statistically very, very unlikely, but you know, that's, that's the risk we take. But other than that, it's, where are you trying to go? Maybe you could turn this way and just get around us. Something that has worked really well is making yourself not the bad guy, right? The, the driver sees you as the person blocking them and be like, I, I'm, I'm not blocking your way. Those, those folks over there are actually in the way. Mm. All I'm doing is keeping you, the two groups separated because cars are a really heavy, are a really heavy thing. So just trying to keep everyone safe. I'm your friend here. I'm not trying to give you a hard time and just talk slow and calm don't argue, don't get frustrated and they'll eventually wear themselves out. And eventually the guy ended up going South on, on 61st oh, really? after yeah. he couldn't get out of the parking lot. It was just like, Oh, oh my boy. God, man. But well, that's always what happens. I would say that Sorry. the most important thing is as much of this as I've done, I, I like didn't even think to grab the license plate until it was too late. Stressful situations. You always mess them up the first few times you do it. It's like inevitable. So training is important. Knowing things is important, but volunteering somewhere else where you're more likely to have a difficult situation in this role as a corker is really valuable because Mm. the first time you do it, the first time you have a driver yell at you or get out of their car or be leaning on their horn you don't want to be around the kids. You don't want to be learning as you go there. So volunteer at a, at a walking march is always great. Anything downtown is always great. Pair up with some more experienced people or some of the larger Petapalooza rides. Strongly encourage some formal corking experience for anyone who's going to take that role on a bike bus. Yeah, that's really, really great advice. Thanks. Can you tell us what's happened since then? Are you, is there anything you've done in terms of like police or any other things since the incident? Has there been any closure or updates in terms of the incident itself? Not yet. I filed a police report. It's not a full incident report since I didn't get the correct plates, but this person knows to use 61st as a cut through, right? When you have problems with drivers like this, it tends to be, especially on neighborhood streets. It tends to be someone nearby who knows their way. So I'm planning on finding him next week to get his, get in his plates and report him to follow up with my, my police report. Not so much because I want to see the guy punished. I, I don't, you know, no harm was, no physical or real damage was done. But the first time it goes on the record is rarely the first time they offend. So mm-hmm. when this guy does hit someone, 
or does have some other type of crime, especially since he, he said he worked with kids. I want to make sure there's you know something there. Yeah, smart. Was there any piece of this where you thought if you didn't have to be on that street, do you have anything in your head about like like blaming a lack of an, a, a different safer route? Is there any infrastructure part of this for you or no? That's a hard one. So normally, yes. But this is, I've been thinking about this a lot because we have this discussion of culture and infrastructure and, and all this stuff. And I don't think culture and infrastructure are two different things. For example, this incident that happened on Christmas Eve, he didn't realize there was now a diverter on Taylor and Cesar Chavez. And he was just so entitled that he was like, I'm going to save 20 seconds off my trip by like cutting through Taylor and wasn't expecting that. Oh, now I'm actually just going to have to circle back. I was surprised he just didn't blow through, but we've given drivers just free reign of do whatever you want, wherever you need to go. And if you're in a rush, you can cut through uh, the last time I took a lift, like it just routed him up 61st or 62nd. And I was like, dude, can, don't take this. <laughs> like, I under- You're like, I'm on, I'm on the bike bus route now. Don't, don't take the bike this bus is, route. This is insane. Yeah. Infrastructure has told drivers they can go everywhere. There's not infrastructure that could have saved us here. In fact, this was a perfect condition. This is a 25-foot roadway Narrow, too narrow for someone to get by. Like mm-hmm. there, yeah, there should be greenways, but we've had terrible experiences on on greenways okay. as well. Yeah. So culture is so important here, but but we're not going to change the culture unless we start to put in the infrastructure that says, oh no, actually, like you are not entitled to speed down the street at a high velocity because you're in a rush. You are not allowed we're not going to facilitate you driving through on a greenway because you're in a rush. And so it's safe infrastructure, but it's also this cultural, this elusive cultural change that our leadership is pursuing. It's like, well, can we do it through police? Like, no, what we're hoping a police officer is going to be like on a neighborhood street. Like, I I don't understand how are police going to, they would have never caught this guy because no one would have ever seen this thing unfold. Yeah. But if he, was not used to driving wherever he wanted, he wouldn't have done that. So changing norms of what we should expect from fellow citizens in an everyday life would be the thing we can work on. The comparison I've heard from some of these conversations we have about traffic culture is how people act when they get behind the wheel of a car versus like if they were in a crowded party or a crowded grocery store or like market or something, right? I mean, imagine being at like some holiday market and there's a bunch of people in front of the booth you want to get to and you're going to just start raging and being like, you need to move. I need to get to that other booth to go buy this thing. Like, right. It's something about being in the car where people don't think like that. And I think what I hear you're saying, which I agree with is like, we, we got to figure out a way to get to that point on our roads and think of our roads as shared public spaces that demand a certain level of respect for other people. If you were waiting in line and you just started yelling at everyone to get out of your way, you would be thrown out. Right. But we're just like, okay, yeah, actually here, we, we have another table for you over here. If you don't want to wait, like we've actually spent all this money to set up a whole bunch of redundant tables in just in case you need mm-hmm. to get by. Yeah. And so of course 
someone's like, well, someone's already at this table and I don't want to go to, and this person looks smaller than me. So yeah, infrastructure is important for safety, of course, for all these things, but this is something we've pushed with uh, Bike Bus PDX, pushed PBOT on adding more, we call them, call them, trying to call them modal filters now. Yeah. Sounds a little nicer than diverter. But, you know, if we put modal filters all across our greenways, it would change the culture around what a driver expects. The, the litmus test is it should not be faster to drive on a greenway than the roads are supposed to be driving on. You shouldn't be able to drive 20 blocks through on a greenway. It's right. It's absurd. Right. And I, the good news is I think Peabot agrees with you. They're just, it's a matter of how quickly they can go address all that and right. How aggressively and how quickly. Okay. La- last thing I want to ask is just like, are you going to change anything about how you approach leading the bike bus or your personal sort of biking? Are you going to get one of those cameras now for your bike and to change anything after this because of this? Probably not. I should get a camera. I'm just like so lazy <laughs> and will not edit footage and keep it charged. So I hear you. Uh, Judging from some of your other responses, I thought you were going to say you just can't get yourself to do it because it's so admitting how broken things are. That's how that's how I feel about it. I can't arm myself up with a bunch of trackers and cameras because I just feel like that's admitting that everything is so broken that we can't just expect people to behave the right way. and We have to go chase them down and have evidence like that is such a terrible thing to have to a place to be in. Like uh, That's why I wear my helmet at night, because if I were to get hit, I on Oregon Live not say it was, you know, he was not wearing oh. a helmet. I, I hear you. I, I generally don't wear high-vis gear. The bike bus is one of the few times I wear it because we got some some real nice bike bus swag from, from Cleverhood. But uh, yeah, I I may I may get a camera, but it, it wouldn't change anything otherwise. I think everything functioned just as it has, and it's good, good grist for the advocacy mill. Yeah. Anything else you want people to know about? What happened or the bike bus in general? If your school doesn't have a bike bus, then they should reach out to bikebuspdx.org. Super easy to set one up. Super fun. Start now. Uh, so you have a couple months to to prepare and launch it at Earth Day or something like that. Keep having fun. Keep biking. Great. Those kids are lucky to have you, Rob. And so is, so is Portland's getting out there leading, leading that and keeping it going. And I hope... Hope this coming Earth Day is going to be a huge, a huge bike bus and it grows in spring and summer twice the size. We're on the cusp of something. I read your your 2023 retrospective and I feel very optimistic. I'm, I'm really excited for what 2024 and 2025 are going to bring. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Jonathan. That was Rob Galanakis, the leader of the Glencoe Elementary School bike bus. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate all of your support. If you are not a paid subscriber of Bike Portland yet, please become one today at bikeportland.org support uh, and find out how you can be a part of what we're doing here and pay a little bit in to keep it thriving and surviving. I also want to thank Brock Didis of Sprocket Podcast fame for our wonderful new theme music. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, we'll see you in the streets. 